to a new episode of Cracked Teacups, the podcast discussing how to build a life after trauma, grief, or just plain being fed up with the status quo. I am your host, Christy Bradley. In this episode, I will discuss an attempt to answer for myself the question, what is home? Several months ago, I was sitting in my living room in, in Jackson, Mississippi, in an apartment, a small apartment. Um, it had a few windows, but it felt pretty cave-like. Um, this was at the end of a, a three-year period when I had been doing a lot of intensive um, self-healing and working through uh, past traumas, working through trauma triggers, attempting to restart my life in one form or another. Um, I had plans, things to do, uh, but working through the trauma was important too. But one night, I was just exhausted, emotionally and physically drained. And I just said out loud, I just want to go home. And in that moment, I don't know where that came from. And I wasn't sure what home meant at that time. I just knew that the living room where I was sitting, even though I paid the rent, chose the apartment, I chose to move there for specific reasons, mainly employment related and to be closer to my son after the breakup of my second marriage. And everything in the house was mine. It wasn't home. My belongings, most of them, except for the little bit that was necessary for daily life, was were literally still packed in boxes in my dining room. I had not hung pictures on the wall. I had not gotten out uh, things that were treasured memories. There wasn't a lot of me there that you could see. And it just did not feel like home. And that was the point at which I started a thought process of I should find home. As part of restarting my life, I should find a place, create a place that felt like home. But I didn't really know what that is. And so this is a question that I've been mulling over for, for several months. And uh, it kind of played a part in my decision to move here to Oklahoma. Um, I was looking around the area at cities around Jackson because I knew I was not happy and comfortable in Jackson. I wanted to move somewhere else and looking at, you know, cities that were somewhat remotely close to, to my son and my granddaughters. I just, there was a reason for every place that just did not seem like that would be my home. And so I moved out here to Oklahoma figuring it would be temporary. But now that I'm here um, in a new apartment, I've been here since the 1st of July, um, I've unpacked a whole lot more than I did in the last apartment. I've kind of fallen in love, become a prairie dog with the area, uh, the prairie. The, um, the big wide open spaces are actually really good for uh, my distrust of people in general, not liking crowds, not liking traffic, and that being stressful. Um, so the wide open spaces are really good for me. And I get out of my home a lot 
lot more than I did before. Um, I spent a good bit of time in the Wichita mountains and may continue to do so. And, but, you know, I still don't feel like I am home. Um, and that's something that I'm going to kind of work through with this discussion, even if it is just myself and a microphone and maybe someone out there will listen and resonate. Um, you know, home can mean different things at, at different stages of life. Uh, you know, in, in the normal girl version of the world, home is where you were born and you grew up and all of your childhood memories. And then, you know, you get married and you start a new home and you raise your children and then your children leave. And then you have home in your later years that are filled with memories of what was earlier your children's home. And all of the things that you did in your life earlier. And I think very few people can live that life in, in this current age. So it's getting a lot harder to, to determine what home is. And it's no longer something that we can take for granted. It's something that's going to have to become intentional and be um, defined by each of us and put together and achieved it's not going to, to simply happen. Because home is not just a place to put your stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people love to show off their style uh, in their home. Um, they can become very uh, house proud and you know, this is who I am. And that's their identity is, is the house, the place where they live. They put themselves into it. Um, that's not something I've really done a lot of. Um, I had heard an anecdote that home is where you go when you have nowhere else to be. And I think that's been more of what my home, the places that I've lived, um, have, have been. When I did not have to be somewhere else, that's where I went. Um, home can be several things. Home can be home as environment, um, home as community, home as safety, um, home can be sanctuary. And these are four ideas that I would like to explore a bit here. Um, home as environment is usually probably in my mind, probably our first experience of home and where we live. Um, it's where you're born, it's where you, you grew up in your childhood. Uh, my earliest memories of home weren't uh, warm and fuzzy, um, as you would hope small children would be, would have those memories. Um, I think one of my very first memories when I was three, four years old was of my parents um, arguing and fighting. And when they would start, um, I would go into their bedroom and they had this analog TV that was in a little cabinet, probably the size of a, an end table. Um, it was the perfect height that if I sat on the floor, it was right at my eye level. And I would turn that analog TV on. And those of us who are old enough to know Gen X and older, those older TVs only got a few channels and they maybe had 13 on the dial, I believe. The first ones did. Um, 
Uh, but you only got like three channels. And then if you put the dial on the other channels, you just got static, which was white noise, uh, millions of black and white dots flashing on the screen. Um, I think maybe some of the younger people have seen some static on a TV and a movie somewhere. Hopefully you can relate. But I would escape from the chaos by staring into that static and just tuning out. And I don't know where I went in my mind. But that was just, in that moment, that was safety for me. Um, and memories of home, that's one of the earliest memories I have. Uh, shortly after that, after my father left the home and my parents divorced, my mother would lock me in my bedroom. Uh, she was the child of an alcoholic. She was a narcissist, and she had other mental health issues as well. Um, and she would lock me in my room for what in my four-year-old mind seemed hours at a time. I'm not sure exactly how long it was, but back then, that was a perfectly normal thing to do with your kids if you just didn't want to deal with them for a while or, you know, the child needed to be punished because they got in trouble, you know, you, you would get locked in your room for a while. It was a safe place, hopefully. Um, and no one thought anything of it. But I remember when she would lock me in my room, I was not angry. Um, I wasn't afraid. I didn't cry. Uh, or throw a fit or the way children normally would when they were getting locked in their room. I would go and gather up all of these china tchotchkes that i had um one of them was like a penny bank with it was shaped like an elephant it was blue and i had this um planter that had a music box in it and this uh, collection of little china animals and i would get those and i would sit down with them um i think maybe there was a small table and that's where i was sitting down with them but i would also take some dry paint brushes and i would pretend to be painting these objects. And while I was painting them, I was having conversations. And I was talking to who I now believe were my guardian angels, my ancestors, um, probably God himself as well, because that is at the age at which I began to feel the presence of God. And I carried that with me, that presence all through life. And now I wish I knew what some of those conversations were about, because I think in those moments, in that sanctuary, in, in that little room, um, they gave me information that I needed to survive everything that I survived. Um, and maybe that's why I did survive, because they gave me the tools that I needed. Um, after After that period of time, you know, my mom being a single parent, um, still struggling with mental health. We moved around a lot. Um, and sometimes the houses were really nice. And sometimes they were just, you know, they were nice but functional apartments, you know, or, you know, homes later. Then when I was 14, I guess, um, middle of seventh grade, she was suffering from severe depression and had lost her job, and she lost our home. And so we became homeless. And we went to a small town 
to live with family. We stayed there for maybe, maybe six months, maybe not even that many months. Um, and we were asked to leave. And so we ended up in the home of another single mother with two daughters who were the same age of, as myself and my older sister. And they were so kind to bring us in. And that, that was is something that has always been one of those defining moments of what humanity should be for me. You know, she barely knew us. Um, the mom that took us in. And we were there for maybe 18 months. It wasn't just for a few weeks until we found something else. Um, we were there for a while. But I remember the homelessness. Yes, we were not living on the street. We were not living in a car. But just the sense of not having any place to call my own because I wanted to own it, but any place to have privacy or any self-determination, um, any certainty that we would be there for any point of time. No, not understanding how long this this homelessness was going to last. And it was all it also I was already shy, already withdrawn, had always been. Um it drove a wedge between me and my friends because I was living in the situation that was hard to explain. Not only was I the child of a narcissist going through that abuse on a regular basis. Then we were homeless as well. So defining myself as a human at age 14, 15 was difficult. Um, but once we did, you know, finally move into, into a place, um, it was just a place and the place after that. And, you know, I've lived in, you know, I lived in college dorms for a while when I went away to college. And then those places kind of sort of felt like mine because I wasn't necessarily sharing them with anyone after the first year. But, you know, they were still a college dorm. And then as I finally moved out as an adult at 32, um, my homes were what I could afford. They would make do. Um I remember when I was 40, I bought my, I decided because I had spent, you know, most of my adult life, uh, basically barely making them meet and my home was furnished with what I could, you know, thrift or, um, was given to me as gifts or, you know, hand-me-downs or, you know, the, uh, the cheapest thing in the discount store that I could get, um, the one thing that I really wanted that I had never had was to pick out my own set of dishes and buy a really good set of dishes. So I ended up buying, after some research, I bought this set of crate and barrel dishes. Um, one of the, that's kind of a streamlined Nordic pattern. And I bought it in three colors because I thought I might get tired of one color. So I have, you know, four settings of uh, three colors, a dark gray, and a soft slate blue, and they had a blush pink at, in this pattern at the time. And I thought I was really fancy because I bought uh, six pasta bowls because at the time I was married and, and my husband and I, we ate mostly, you know, one bowl meals uh, that were easy to make. Um, 
So we had the pasta dishes as well. I think that was the first time that I really felt like I was gaining ground on building home. You know, I've always had things on the wall that the things I picked out or things I painted or, um, but I never really created a dream home from scratch. There were homes that, a few homes that felt a little more like home because I was able to plant gardens um, outside. Um, you know, home was also about, you know, having pets. They made things feel a little bit like home. I raised my son and at a couple of different places. And I could see that whenever he was there, it was home because that's where he was. But I still really never felt like it was home wherever we were living. You know, I did the best I could with what I had in, in the moment. Um, but I remember one of the homes I lived in in St. Louis. Shortly before the end of my marriage, um, I would drive home from the office. And when I got home, I would just sit in the driveway. Because going in the house seemed stressful. But in that moment, sitting in the car, in the quiet, where there were no expectations of me in the moment, um, nothing I had to be, nothing I had to get done, nothing I had to say or listen to, just, I could just sit there and, and be. And, and those days... Uh, during that time, it was probably the closest thing to self-care and, and meditation that I had. But it just struck me as, oh, I, you know, I have since heard of a lot of people doing that at different times of their life, just sitting in the driveway when they got home before they went in. But it just seemed really odd and really sad to me at the time. And so home as defining home as the, as the environment of where I am just has never, that's never cut it really. Um, I don't think that's going to define home for me. So then we moved to home as, as community, um, a, uh, I believe he's Bulgarian, Bulgarian writer called Alexander Heyman said, home is where people notice that you are not there. And that kind of struck a chord. Um, Yes, I can see where for many people home would be where people notice that you're not there. And that would be home as community. And when you're living with a spouse and you're, or you're living with parents or you're living with your children, um, that can certainly be a good definition of home. But when you're single and you live alone, that's not really home either. Um, my son is in, in some way, my son and my granddaughters are, are my family and they're my heart and they are definitely, um, seem like home. They have a beautiful home. They always have from the time that he first moved out. He and my daughter-in-law have always had a really nice home and it's always been warm and inviting and the food was good and I felt welcomed, but it's not my home. Um, sharing homes with family and spouses 
yes, those loved ones are there and they can help you feel like you belong. But if the relationships aren't good, it can be suffocating. And therefore you're just existing in the space with the other people or persons. Um, I remember back in the days of, you know, Oprah and her talk show, there was an episode uh, about single women. And one of the things that they were all resonating with was the idea that they wouldn't decorate their apartments because they were single. Um, you know, they wouldn't hang pictures on the wall. They wouldn't set out nice things. They wouldn't decorate things because they were waiting for marriage and they wanted to create, uh, you know, a home for a husband and a family. And at the end of that discussion, you know, she told them just hang the pictures on the wall for you now, you know, and that kind of stuck in my mind as you should hang the pictures on the wall just for yourself. But when I was growing up, um, my mother and my sister, um, despite all of the other problems that were going on, they loved hospitality. My family was really big into hospitality, um, you know, cooking for, for guests, inviting people over, not in huge amounts, but definitely during the holidays. Um, in the South, it's just what we do. And, you know, there's a magazine called Southern Living. Anyone in the South knows about the Southern Living magazine. It's like the quintessential um, guide of, of how to to decorate your home, you know, what to cook, amazing recipes, and and about the southern lifestyle, um, to to kind of uh, both celebrate how we lived in the south, but also, you know, to give new homemakers and people moving into the south, or anyone who just loved that way of life, how tos of how to do it, um, and I always wanted the big, nice house that I could put pumpkins on the front porch and decorate it perfectly for Christmas and uh, have Easter egg hunts with my grandchildren someday and, you know, beautiful dishes and beautiful decorations. And I never achieved that. Um, maybe that would have been home if I had had different financial circumstances through my life. Uh, more financial success and could have poured that money into creating this. But it's, that would have been sort of like an Instagram home. Would it have really been mine? Um, or would it have mattered? Sometimes home is, is your culture of the city that you've grown up in, uh, that you've chosen to live in, that you, you want to celebrate. Um, or you create a home as community to share, um, to show what you've accomplished as, you know, a sign of your wealth or your taste. Those are good ideas of home as community, sharing your home with people, including people in your home. And what that would mean, um, but that doesn't apply to me. And understanding what my home should be. And that brings me to the idea of home as safety. So, uh, you know, in, in school we're taught, you know, one of the three basic needs that you need um, is shelter. Literally shelters from the storm. 
shelters from the heat, uh, from the cold, um, uh, the giant crickets and locusts and spiders of Oklahoma that just seem to come in no matter what I do. Um, you know, earlier this evening, I was preparing for the podcast. My house was kind of quiet because I wasn't watching television or anything because I was thinking and, and writing. Um, and I heard a pack of coyotes outside my apartment. And that just kind of freaked me out for a bit there because it was like, I have coyotes here. Great. You know, they're right here. Um, since I've moved to Oklahoma, I've had to buy um, weatherproof hiking boots because there are some paved parking lots, but I find myself a lot walking around in grass and, and gravel driveways and it's all going to get muddy soon. And I just traded my small, sporty little black board focus that I actually kind of loved driving around in the city. It's almost gotten stuck a few times, uh, parking in fields and driving down back roads and, and those gravel parking lots I've already kind of mentioned. So I've traded it in, in the past week for a four-wheel drive uh, Jeep Compass because I just don't want to get stuck. Um, so home as a safety, um, you know, gives you locks to lock people out. Um, you can put lots of supplies in there. You know, I've got the the can kits and the candles and you know all, first aid supplies and and all those things that you're supposed to have to to be safe. Um, but as safety, it also gives me solitude. Um, I think I sleep at night with a couple of different fans on because, yes, I, I like to be cool when I sleep, but I need the noise. And I made a comment on TikTok this week um, from a creator who made the point that, you know, having to sleep with fans on or some kind of noise is, is actually um, a symptom of trauma, that you need it for safety. Yeah, that's right. And unfortunately, I need the light too, because I darken the room where I'm actually sleeping, but I have to actually see light from somewhere else. I can't have the house dark everywhere. And, you know, having my own home allows me to decide what level of light is comfortable and what level is no of noise is comfortable. Um, it allows me to stay home when I just don't have the nerves to deal with people and, and traffic and um, makes those moments easier. But unfortunately, home has allowed me, and, and living alone especially, has allowed me to abandon myself a good deal more than I should have. Um, and that's something that I need to, to work with in redefining my home going forward. So that sort of brings me to home as sanctuary. Um, I've heard the saying, home is where your soul belongs. And I think that's where I need to go with this idea of home. You know, in my own home, 
yes, I can stock the, the fridge with what I like to eat or need to eat. Um, I can set the light level when I go to sleep. I can determine you know, what the thermostat is set on. Is it cold or is it warm? Uh, but I, in my own home, I will never be an option. Not only can I make it comfortable for myself, but I will never have to question if I belong in my own home. And I think that's that little, that little thing that I'm reaching for. Is that yes, I technically know I belong in this apartment of mine. But do I really feel like I belong? Even though I know I belong. Um, I guess what I'm looking for is a sense of privacy. Um, not that I'm hiding from anyone or that I don't want people to know how I spend my time. But privacy to me is more space to think your thoughts without having to explain them. Um, it's about being alone when needing to have the, the emotional energy to, to speak to someone else, especially as, a, as an empath. I absorb so much of other people when I try to interact with them, there are times when I'm just overwhelmed and it's better if I can say, okay, this is time I need to be private. Um, I don't have to worry in those moments about my self-esteem. What do I look like? It doesn't matter. I'm the only one that's here in the future. When I have a spouse, that person should love me anyway. Um, it will give me a sense of peace, this new definition of home. I won't be worried about my upstairs neighbors banging on the floor with baseball bats because they don't like the sound of my air conditioner. This is a real thing. It went on for months. Um, hopefully this is the place where I will learn to love myself not love myself, but show myself love by taking the time to finish unpacking the boxes and sorting through the memories and deciding which ones to keep and which ones I can finally let go of and hanging the pictures on the wall and providing a sense of style, my own style, into this place where I live. So, you know, I will feel like I belong and everywhere I look, there are things that not just please me, but resonate. Um, one thing I love about this, uh, this apartment is that I have a beautiful view of a, a grassy berm with some trees. And then you just see the huge, wide open Oklahoma sky. There's nothing else but just a few trees and some wildflowers that breaks that view. And porch sitting is something that I've kind of gotten into. And I will sit out there and watch the sunrise and the sunset. And in those moments, I can do a lot of thinking, which is good. And a lot of feeling as well, which is healing. Um, one of the things that I look forward to doing, hopefully within the next week or so, is building my studio wall so that I will begin to actually produce these 
podcast and video. Um, you know, I have wallpaper and shelves for my teacups that have been in my advertising. If you've seen those, the cracked teacups, there are more teacups. No one's seen them yet. Um, but you're putting that together so that you're in a corner of this place is the home of this podcast physically. And it's an expression of my voice. Um, and ironically, I was following a guided meditation um, a day or so ago. And in, in this meditation, it took you to a place where um, you had to be vulnerable. And the ancestors brought in a large white dragon as a guardian. And during that meditation, when I was metaphysically in that space, um, I heard the message that my ancestors were sending me a guardian dragon, a white dragon guardian in the form of a big white dog. Now, I really didn't plan to have a dog right now in this time of my life. I wanted to be free to travel. Um, but maybe they know something I don't. <laughs> um, so, you know, in divine time, um, in the next few months, the next few weeks, uh, there may be a big white dog living in this home. We'll see. Uh, he would definitely be handy to 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 come along as a walking companion and as I begin to do some of the shorter hikes in the mountains here of Oklahoma. It would be nice to have a big white guardian to follow me along those adventures. Um, and it would be handy to have another being to talk to Besides this microphone, um, some of the conversations that go on in my head just don't need to go into the microphone, let's <laughs> say that. Um, so I guess I'm going to kind of end this here because this is a journey, finding out where what home is. And it is something that I'm going to work on over the next few months as I make decisions and unpack boxes and... Um, well, puppy-proof this place. By hanging the pictures on the wall, they're no longer leaning on the floor against the wall. They'll be less likely to get chewed. Um, but uh, my call to action to you, I guess, after this rambling discussion of home, is that as you're rebuilding your life and reassessing where you want to go, what you're doing, to factor home in that equation. Uh, your certain your your circumstances at the moment and what they could be. Who would reside in this home with you? And I would recommend and call you to purposely rebuild your home as you rebuild other areas of your life. So that home is your sanctuary, as well as your safety and your community and not just your environment. Thank you for joining me on the podcast, Crack Teacups. It has been a pleasure to share this thought with you. Be well.